This creepy encounter happened to me almost 20 years ago, but still gives me the creeps. It's a long one. I had booked a taxi with a licensed taxi firm, long before the days of Uber, etc., to take me from a friend's house to my home in the early evening. It was dusk as the driver arrived. As I left the house to get into the car, he was coming to the house to get me, and for some reason, as he turned to walk back to his car with me, he briefly touched my shoulder with his hand. It wasn't lingering, but it was deliberate, and my immediate thought was, why is this guy touching my shoulder? My intuition said it wasn't right, but I was in my 20s and this guy must have been in his 50s, and I convinced myself that it was just something from that generation did, so I sat in the back. The journey should have been around 20 minutes from north to south London, and in the first five minutes of the journey there was some initial chat, where he told me that I was his last job of the day, and he had no plans afterwards. When he told me that, I felt a pang of fear, but I thought, this guy is from a licensed firm, he's been identity checked and approved to do the job. His ID card, with his name and photo, and the registration number was clearly displayed on the dash. He was from a firm that my friend used regularly and had an account with, although she had not met this particular driver. My logical brain told me that he's clearly traceable to me if he had decided to do anything, so he just wouldn't take that risk. Plus, it was early evening in a very busy area, and that made me feel safe. Also, by this time, we were already on the road. I spent the next 15 minutes or so of the journey looking at my phone. I don't really know why. Maybe I was deliberately trying to distract myself because I was nervous, but... I felt my nerves were unreasonable. This was the early 2000s, so the phone would have been basic compared to today's standards, but there must have been a, a game or something, I'm thinking Snake, that distracted me on it because I didn't look out the window for some time, at least until I noticed that it was mostly dark, and when I did, I expected to be very close to my home. To my horror... I saw we were in some very deserted part of the town that I'd never seen. This area was most certainly not on the way from my friend's house to mine. It should have been a straightforward drive through central London, and this was a very remote area with what looked like an abandoned house estate and abandoned cars. I looked to the driver and asked where we were, but before I had the chance to say anything... I noticed he was repeatedly looking left and right, down the dark alleyways we were going past, and I noticed we were slowing down. I also noticed that he was breathing weird, very audibly, like in a sort of pumped, wound-up kind of way. And that's when this overwhelming sense of knowing hit me. He was looking for a deserted place to stop. At that point... A very clear voice in my mind told me that he was going to rape and kill me, and I had to think fast. I blurted out, I don't know where I am. He didn't say anything. I then sent words to the effect of, My friend asked me to call her when I was home safe, and I should be home by now, so I need to call her and tell her I'm not home safe, or she will call your firm and call the police, because she's really over the top like that. 
That must have jolted him into thinking about the consequences of whatever he was planning to do. These really were the very early days of mobile phones, and not everyone had one, especially the older generation. Perhaps it was a lifeline he hadn't considered that I might try to use. With that, he turned out of this abandoned area, we came to the main road, and after a while, I saw a place I recognized, and we headed towards my home. He said, I'm sorry if I made you worried, but there was something weird about the way he said it, and that wasn't even the end of it. When we got close to my house, I decided I didn't want him dropping me off at home. I lived with my sister, but she was staying at her boyfriend's house that night, and we lived in a communal block. I was concerned that he might come in the main front door and try to get access to my flat. So I said I realized I didn't have milk at home and he could drop me at the store on the next street. He had to agree to this, obviously. I entered the store and hung around in there for a bit. I remember being completely broken those days. My friend paid for the ride via her account. I did have milk at home and certainly wasn't going to buy some unnecessarily. So after a few minutes, I left the store and walked the three to four minutes back to my flat. As I approached my flat, it was completely dark at this point and the area around my flat was poorly lit. I saw a car parked facing the main door of my flat, and I thought, oh my god, it's him. I knew he would be able to clearly see that I had no milk, as I didn't even have a bag on me, so he would know I was lying. As I passed the car, I couldn't bring myself to turn to look at him, so I got my keys out quickened my pace and entered quickly. Once in my flat, I plucked up the courage to look out the window and sure enough, it was that guy. He had driven from where he dropped me off to my flat and was sat in his car staring at my flat. Just then, my friend called and I told her that I had only just gotten home. She could not believe how long it had taken, around an hour when it should have been 20 minutes, and I explained the whole thing to her. As I was on the phone with her, I looked out the window again and he had finally gone. I didn't report any of this at the time, and from my safe vantage point of 20 years down the line, I regret it. But at the time, I still doubted my gut instinct, even though I had had this strong sense of knowing in the car. After the event, I convinced myself it was fleeting hysteria and my logical brain returned. My logical brain also told me that if I did report him, nothing would be done because he hadn't actually done anything that I could prove, and if he admitted the detour he could just say he took a wrong turn and he would just deny having returned to my flat. But reporting him might have caused trouble for him, and he knew where I lived and that scared me even more. I was always cautious around my flat after that, and thankfully I never saw him again. I should have reported it. I know nothing would have been done, and I probably would have created a bigger risk for my safety in doing so, but I should have reported it for other people's sake, and I regret not doing it. So my friend and I are underaged, and we're a little buzzed from party hopping all night. We roll up to a Wendy's and ditch the empty bottles of Smirnoff ice as we wait for our food at 2am in the drive-thru. 
I had no idea that it was illegal to be out past a certain time if you're under 18, unsupervised, and it's past midnight in Arizona. I catch a text from a friend, and she asks me to get her order, and we will meet at this intersection and eat with us. Okay, sounds chill enough. I get to the intersection, and there aren't any gas stations or grocery stores, just some creepy office buildings and a dirt lot. I stupidly picked the dirt lot to wait for my friend who calls and is like, Hey, I'm at the intersection. Are you okay? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I see you. And she's like, is that you with the cops behind you? And I was like, no. Only to discover that, in fact, the cops were behind me. And luckily, the car smelled like food and not booze and cigarettes, but this cop knew that I was under the influence and I had a large bottle of rum that had already been opened that I desperately tried to hide under the shit from my car before he knocked on my window. But he's not stupid, and it's Arizona. No one gets away with a DUI in Tent City Central. The cop asks me and my friends for our parents' phone numbers. My friend's mom gets a call to come pick her up, and gets a verbal lashing from the cop about being underage, past curfew, and explains the citations. So... At this point, I already know what's coming. I, however, did not have a voicemail set up on my new Nokia fat phone and refused to give my parents' house phone, back then when these were still everywhere. I told him they simply didn't have one, only a cell number, and I put it to silent as he repeatedly calls. I tell him they're probably out with friends themselves, and the cop says okay. He explains the ticket to me, and I think I'm going to get away scot-free when he says that he's going to follow me home. I made sure to go the speed limit and to not make any errors, but I was crapping myself at that point. I park my car out front of my house, and my parents' cars are in the closed garage, dark house, and I'm like, yes, it looks like no one's home. The cop proceeded to park the car, and he jokingly says, hey, he could have broken the rules a little with getting home. I wasn't going to pull you over twice as he followed me to the front door. I unlock it, and nervously say thank you, but he, instead of ringing the doorbell or doing the famous police officer knock, decides to follow me into the house and then locks the door behind us. He's talking to me, making small conversations, checking out the living room, and I'm starting to freeze up because I'm suddenly sensing a very different energy from him. He then asks me where my bedroom is, and he tells me to take him to it. Instead, I took him into my parents' room and turned on the lights, 100% thankful to see my sleepy-eyed parents shocked to see an armed grown man behind their young daughter. And then he just lets out a breath and says in my ear, Oh, you lied to me, sweetheart. And he goes back into police mode, telling my parents that he found me out at an illegal time, and that I needed to pay a fine and attend a class. It was so embarrassing because I was 18 by the time. I had to take the class with a bunch of 12 to 14 year olds anyway. I never told anyone, until now, about the comments that he made to me, but my dad did ask him why he was in our house. I told him I didn't understand that either. He never read me any rights, just followed me home. Before he left, he said, Oh, that's a nice house phone you guys have there. Looks shiny and new to me. As the last thing he tells me before letting me go. Now, 
I can't help but think back to that night, and thinking about what would have happened if I had bad parents who weren't home or were just out of town, etc. I know there are good cops out there, I personally know some, I go back and forth with being freaked out and okay, maybe he was just being thorough? The comments are what stuck to me though, and that sinking gut feeling. So here's my creepy pizza delivery story from college. When I was in college, I got a job delivering pizzas late at night. Typically, I would work until around 2am. It was a terrible job, and the shop was extremely dirty slash unsanitary and falling apart, but I typically made really good tips, so it was worth it. I was 19 at the time, female, and it's summertime in Colorado, so even at night it's still fairly warm, which is an important detail for later. This was my second weekend on the job so I was still getting used to it, and I'm already a paranoid person, so I preferred just dropping off the pizza, taking my tip, and then leaving right away for the next delivery. I pretty much never went inside the person's house, and if I did, I would always just step inside really quick but leave the door open. It was pretty close to midnight when I got a delivery to a house on the east side of town. It was supposed to be my last delivery of the night, I pulled up to the house, and it looked pretty normal from the outside. The street was really dark, but I didn't feel uncomfortable. I walked up to the door and knocked. This big shirtless old dude with a beer belly answers the door, and tells me to come inside. I got weird vibes from him right off the bat. I declined to come in and tried to give him his pizza right there, but then he says, Oh, come inside, it's uh, freezing out. We don't want the cold air coming in. This didn't make any sense to me as it was summer. So, stupidly, I get nervous and take one step inside the house, not going all the way in. Then he goes, no, no, come all the way in. It's cold outside. I should have left at this point, but I was freaking out, not thinking straight. So I went in and he closed both the screen door and the main door behind me. I'm trying to calm myself down, telling myself that I'm overreacting. He then yells to his wife that the pizza's here. I could see her in the kitchen cooking, which seemed weird to me that she ordered a pizza but was also cooking. I don't know. I look around their living room, and it's filled to the brim with stuffed animals, completely covering the couches, tables, windowsills, everything... It gave me a really weird vibe. Then, his wife comes into the living room holding something outstretched in her hand. She walks up to me, and I see that it's some kind of bread or cake. She just goes, eat this banana bread, and don't worry, it's not poisonous. What the hell? I try to politely decline, lying and saying I'm on a diet. She just stares at me, still with her hand outstretched, waiting for me to take the bread. I don't take it, and then she gets really upset and starts yelling at me to eat the bread. I decline again, but this time I'm not trying to be polite, and I tell the couple that I really have got to get going to get back to work. I'm still holding the pizza too, and 
thinking about just running out the door at this point. She gives up on trying to make me eat the bread and walks back into the kitchen. Then the man is like, let me try to find some change for your tip. He starts looking all around the living room, digging through the couch cushions trying to find change to give me. I tell him to forget it and that I don't need the tip, that he can just take the pizza. But he insists on finding a tip for me. He spends the next several minutes searching his stuffed animal-infested living room for change. And I start to think to myself that they're trying to stall me. Most people have the tip ready when I get to their house. And I was so worked up at this point, I just tell the dude that I'm leaving and start to open the door. He took his pizza and gave me a few quarters that he found. I booked it out of there and went back to the shop. I told my supervisor what happened, and he didn't seem to care. He just sent me on another delivery. I was pissed. I don't know if that couple was actually creepy or just really socially awkward, but I never delivered to that house again. So I attend a university and currently live in the dorms. The dorms don't let us stay in them over winter break, so we had to leave for the entire break, and we couldn't come back until the day before class. I live about six to eight hours away depending on traffic. Anyways, my friend lives in a town really close to my hometown and also attends UCSB. We happen to live in the same dorm, so she offered to drive me home and back. This story is about when we were on our way back. We didn't really encounter anything, but this story is unsettling to say the least. Before the trip, we both agreed at eating at a Little Caesars halfway through our trip. So, about halfway, I started looking up nearby Little Caesars, and she really had to go to the bathroom, so it was good timing to stop and grab a bite to eat. The GPS took us to a non-existent town that just looked like one giant farm. The plants all looked kind of dead. The GPS then had us go in a square, turning more inward every time, until we were on a dirt road that went through the fields, so we were surrounded by basically no man's land. Eventually, we're so far into the fields that I can't even find the road, like an actual road that could get us back onto the highway. The GPS was basically telling me the place was in the middle of a field with no roads leading to it, so essentially it didn't even exist. There were no cars around us at all, so we booked it for the main road, because the situation was super sketchy. As we're finding our way back onto the highway... There was a little area of just run-down abandoned houses with no one in sight. They basically looked like shacks. All the cars that had taken the same exit as us to even get to this desolate town were gone. I don't know if many of you will find the story very creepy, but it was incredibly unsettling for me. I looked at the reviews of the place when we got back on the road, and there were no actual pictures of it. Just promo pictures, uploaded by the owner, and it actually had no reviews. We did eventually find one, but 
not the one that was in the middle of nowhere. Hey there, friends. I hope you enjoyed this collection of terrifying true stories. I thought it was a good collection. I wanted to focus on the pizza delivery, um, you know, theme, but that didn't really work out, so kind of just made it a collection of stories. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you did enjoy it, and like astronaut cats, you should consider joining the Nevermore by subscribing to my channel and hitting the bell icon. I can't promise astronaut cats, but you never know what happens. You never know. Maybe that's the future of my channel. Maybe tomorrow there will be a video with an astronaut cat in it. There won't be, but maybe. You know, that's life. Anyway, I hope you guys have a fantastic day. And have a good week. It's Monday, so... Yeah. Alright, everyone. I love you guys. Have a good one. See you in the next video. But until then, sleep well.